Hi, I'm Emma. And I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends, us, finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week is my pick, and we're talking about the 1997 classic, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Yes. And this is a movie I've always like seen a cover of, and I was like, what? But never saw it, and I'm excited to talk about it. But first. But first. Do you want to like spotlight? Yes, I do. I would like to spotlight a YouTube channel Ooh. called Rainproof Gaming. Have I talked to you about this? I have a guess. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Rainproof Gaming is a gaming channel that start. I say started five months ago. That's when their first video came out. But um, DJ and Darren has been doing YouTube and other stuff for a while. Um, but it's two people who play games. And it's really fun. And it's Darren and DJ. And I am close friends with DJ. And Darren, I, Darren's I have, fine. Darren's Darren's, right. I, Darren seems very lovely. He's he's actually moving into town. So I'll meet him in person one day. Oh, that's um, exciting. But I just want people to know about this gaming channel because it is so wholesome and entertaining and funny. And they do live streams almost every Sunday at noon Pacific. And that is such it's dedication. Just, it is. It's just part of my routine now. Like, it's in my calendar. And everyone knows Jenny's Watch has a thing at noon till, like, 2, 2.30 on Sundays. And they've done games like um, like Jackbox games for a while. And then they've done, like, a Sims game recently. Or Ooh. they've done Mario Party. And they do a bunch of other games. And they also have, um, like, edited ones that they release. Those ones are probably my favorite one because their editing style is so funny with the different cuts and um memes that they like put in on the screen or the tangents they go on and this will kind of go into our talk later um about the film but they've been friends for a while like they went to school together so there's something that you can't replicate which is people who've been friends for a long time have an entirely own language exactly and it's just that dynamic is so fun to watch and if you haven't checked out their channel, please check it out. It's Rainproof Gaming on YouTube. They also um, have a Twitch stream that they do. Um, they also used to do a podcast called Friends with Microphones. Um, but they haven't done it in a while because of the pandemic. And then it's understandable. It um, but yes, please go out and support them. They're very nice fellas. And I think people, more people should watch their Hi, stuff. Hi, TJ. And also Darren. Um, yes. that's so nice. I, cause I knew that, I knew that you watched their stream every week, but I actually did not really know the concept of it. And if these two dudes hanging out, then nice. Yeah. So definitely check those out. Friends. And smoothly transitioning into friends. As if that's not something we talk about literally every single week. I know. Um, we have a type of film and media and that is friends. I have, I have something, I have a type of film I need to feel alive <laughs> yeah. and secure and mm. this absolutely fits the bill. So this is Romeo yeah. and Michelle's High School Reunion. You'd seen the cover. Had you heard of it before? Um, I only, again, saw the cover. And because I grew up watching Friends, I knew that this existed because of Lisa Kudrow plays Phoebe on Friends. And like any Google search, you'll see this is another thing she is in. And I never saw it for the fact of, it didn't on like 
on the tin, it didn't look like a film I would enjoy because it's like too, like what's the catch line? It's like bl- the blonde leaving the blonde or something like that is the, the, yeah. on the cover. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to, like I can't disassociate Lisa with Phoebe. So I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, eh. but I'm really glad we did watch it though because I've watched it like multiple times now. Because Yay. it's Emma, I enjoyed it so much. I'm so pleased <laughs> like, and relieved because yeah, okay. Yeah. I like it makes like when I was watching it, it like the first couple moments, I was like, oh no, okay, this is gonna be a long like hour and forty minutes, and then as it kept going, I got invested in the characters and. On the outside, there are these girls from LA and they have blonde hair and they have all these bright colored clothes and all these like stereotypical things. And then you get moments of them actually caring for each other or having their dreams and their hopes. And I'm like, oh no, I I care about these characters so much and I want them to succeed. And I absolutely adored this movie like I am so shocked at how much I liked it which makes no sense because there's elements of this movie that we watched in other movies that I didn't like and in this one I'm like oh my god I just I there's nothing more endearing or more for lack of a better word entertaining I guess than seeing friends be friends with each other and actually deeply caring for each other and, like, similar like I'm just talking about Rainproof Gaming of, like, they've known each other for so long and you you can't replicate that. Like, you can feel that. And Emma, it was so good. Oh, God. I'm so pleased. Okay, so how I heard about this movie is there's a made-for-TV prequel that came out in the early 2000s that I have never okay. seen. But... I think most people remember this prequel, which is, I think, called Romy and Michelle in the beginning, is that Romy in that is played by Katherine Heigl from Grey's Anatomy. And in 2007, Katherine Heigl was having a real moment. She'd won an Emmy. She was in Knocked Up, like 27 Dresses was just coming out. And I was really into Katherine Heigl at the time. And I was looking up what else she was in and saw that she was in this movie called Romy and Michelle in the beginning. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. And then from that, I saw that it was actually a spinoff of this original movie from the 90s with Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino. And that's how I found it. And it was so funny and strange. And it just feels like such a miracle watching it of like, yeah, yeah like you're saying, there are other things, the same, the same scene, the same comedic beats could be in another movie and wouldn't hit. And they just work so perfectly in this because I think that Mira Sorvino and Lisa Kudrow just so perfectly understand. And I don't think they were friends before the movie, but they were saying like when Mm. Mira Sorvino got cast, they just hit it off right away and are still friends and have been friends for a really long time now. (sighs) And it's just the love that this movie has is so there. And I, I hadn't seen it, you know, in like over 10 years and so when mm. I was picking it for this week I thought okay I need to go back and watch it and just make sure that Jenny will be into it and I rewatched it and I thought okay even if she's not into it yes I'm absolutely bringing this and so I was so so pleased when I texted you for a vibe check <laughs> and you uh, you said good 
like really good and I just got so excited for today ah, it's like so I watched it on Tuesday night and I may have been a bit inebriated a bit so it was a lot to take in <laughs> at once and I was like this is amazing and then I watched it and then I watched it again on Wednesday and then I watched it a bit yesterday and I was just like I was like cutting to certain scenes that were my favorite and just watching it over and over again. And I think what really brings me to this film, like the charm of the film is people can be odd and strange, but when they have each other and they're in their own little world, it all of a sudden becomes something to celebrate, you know? And even though at, by the end of the movie, Romy and Michelle do find you know, big successes, the movie isn't saying, oh, if you just be yourself, good things will come to you. It's if you just be yourself, good people will come to you. And that is all you need. Mm. It's not that it's not that yes. you have to be successful. It's just that you you can just create your own little world that you want well, exactly. to be a the, part of. The moment that they have like, we need to change. I wrote down being like, nope, they don't need to change. They just need to be themselves and be together and they'll be all right. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's what ends up happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this movie came out in 1997, like I said, and so it had its 20th anniversary a few years ago, and um, there was a lot of really great coverage, because the movie uh, was done by Touchstone, which is owned by Disney, um, which is why it's on Disney Plus now, if you're looking Which is bizarre that I saw it on Disney Plus. I also did not realize, is it rated R just because they swear? Probably, because they do say fuck more than once. Okay, because I, okay. Here's a little rant. I think the parent guide or whatever the rating system for movies is ridiculous because there's no way that this is rated R and then other things I've seen have not been rated R when they're so much worse than the other things. This and It Chapter 2 have the same rating. I feel like something is missing here. This makes no sense. Like, yeah, they say the F word. That's not going to harm someone as much as seeing someone be, like, gorily murdered. Like, I don't (laughs) understand. Because when I looked it up, it was, like, rated R. I was like, what? I was like, okay, they use the F word, but they don't, like... There's one character that uses it a lot, but for like, it's not random. Like I don't, I don't know. It just pisses me off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this movie came out in '97, and when it had its 20th anniversary a couple years ago, there was a lot of really great coverage on it because yeah, okay. Let me let me return to where I was in my mid thought. Uh, picked up basically uh, by two executives. So this these characters, Romeo and Michelle, actually were created for an entirely different play that Robin Schiff, the screenwriter, wrote called um, Ladies Room, which is, I think, Mm -hmm. just set in a club bathroom. And these two characters came out of Robin Schiff in real life being at a club in L.A. and um, hearing two girls, drunk girls in a bathroom, the world's most incredible underutilized resource, uh, and one of them just talking about, like, oh, my God, I hate my hair so much. And then the other one saying, no, I love your hair. I wish I had your hair. And just, like, this snapshot of these two drunk girls in a club bathroom so in love with each other, like, just, oh. like, hyping each other up. And yeah. Robin Schiff was like, oh, I can make these into a whole, into into characters, and then have them as characters in this play. And she said, like, remember, like, watching opening night, seeing the audience reaction to them and saying, these are the characters I'm going to stick with and building it out into this whole movie. And it got picked up by... Disney and by Touchstone because studios were looking for something that was a girl's version of Wayne's World or a girl's version of Dumb and Dumber, which I feel like is probably where the blonde leading the blonde tagline mm-hmm. comes from out of that impulse. And Robin Schiff, you know, was thinking, well, this isn't 
really what my movie is, but if you want to green light it, yeah, let's go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And writing this whole script, and it definitely had... I actually don't want to say like a troubled production process because I think everyone had a really good time making it, but it did have a troubled post-production. Uh, they did a test screening with it and the audience that did a test screening. And I think test screenings are such a like wacky, wacky way of doing things because you cannot yeah. judge public reaction based on one group of people, but also you got to do some kind of market research. Anyways, it had mm. a extremely negative test screening. Like oh. uh, Robin Schiff's was reading in this one, ref- uh, retrospective that I was reading saying at the time executives were telling her this is the worst touch or not touch worst test screening we've ever had in Disney history like you need to fix this movie and I think she almost got removed from the project at one time and they were trying to bring in a a male screenwriter to punch it up uh but the director David Merkin uh, hasn't done a ton of live action stuff actually he was a showrunner on the Simpsons during the 90s and I actually haven't seen that much of The Simpsons, but, like, really was instrumental on setting it, like, the stranger tone that it took on in the 90s and, like, Mm. pushing this very surreal sense of humor and was then looking into doing something live action and really loved working with Robin Schiff. And so the two of them worked really well together and were, uh, like, each other's advocate a lot for, like, trying new things and sticking in the process. Mm. And Lisa Kudrow actually was... Has Lisa Kudrow was at the time the only person who had ever played Michelle. She was in the play. The play was one of her first things she did after graduating school. Wow. Um, and Lisa so she Kudrow's and Robin Schiff have been so friends. fascinating. She's so great. Do you have fun facts about her life? I don't actually know that much oh, about her. No, I not off the top of my head, but I did read a whole book about like Friends and like like the TV show Friends and the histories and stuff, mm-hmm. and how like Lisa Kudrow is so incredibly smart. Like went to school for like some type of science or something and like but she was just super funny and this was pretty much just like a thing that she also did and people like no you should be doing this professionally like you're hilarious and she's like "Ah," and then kind of just did things here and there that like got friends and like all these things and she's just fascinating (laughs) oh she's wonderful she's wonderful in this um and robin schiff had this really great anecdote about how Lisa Kudrow came in for this audition and had the there's the line where Romy says, "Oh, I hate throwing up in public," and Michelle says, "Me too," as if it's this huge revelation, and they're the only two people who hate throwing up in public. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a single yeah. person who does. And <laughs> yeah. Robin Schiff was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna love this woman. I'm gonna work with this woman as much as I can," because apparently yeah. the way that Lisa Kudrow said "Me too" yeah. cemented it for her. Hey, remember that time I barfed from bad Mexican food? It was so gross. Oh my god, I hate throwing up in public. Me too! And so they actually tried making it into a TV show pilot in the early 90s that never made it past the pilot stage. And Robin Schiff kept trying to make it into this movie. Then Friends happened. And then Lisa Kudrow was like, oh, Oh, by the way, yes, I am in the most popular television show of all time right now. Yes, that is me. Um, also, I did this project that I would really love to do again. And then they were sending the script out to different actresses for Romy and sent it to Mira Sorvino, who was kind of an up-and-coming actress still. And then she was really into it. And I don't know if this happened before or after, but it has happened on at the same time as she got really interested in the project and then immediately also got nominated for an Oscar and then won. What? She's, she won Best Supporting Actress in, I think, 95 uh, for the movie Mighty Aphrodite, which hasn't held up super well because it's a Woody Allen film, but Mira Sorvino is very, very funny. So mm. I want to give her all of that credit. Um, anyway, so all of a sudden they had this movie go into production because it was starring 
a Oscar winner and Lisa Kudrow of Friends fame. And I'm wow. so happy that the stars aligned for this movie. I don't think I've ever seen Mira Sovino in anything before. And so this was like my introduction to her. And I like fell in love with this woman. Oh my God. Like I, out of like, because it, it was hard for me to not see it as Phoebe, but eventually I didn't. But like, just like Romy as a character, like she just, she's such a good actress. Like you can see all the emotions in her eyes and she's also just so pretty. And I was like, oh no, I just care about this character so much. This is an I, emotional thing. I have so many notes of, I want to hug Romy so bad. I think Romy's so great. I love Romy. They shouldn't make Romy cry. Um, and Mira Servino's all of her impulses for this are so good. She actually hasn't done a ton post nineties. Um, she worked with Woody Allen and then was also at one point dating Quentin Tarantino. Um, but like was in movies that were produced by the Weinstein company. Um, mm. and, uh, Harvey Weinstein really, derailed her career which is something that people have only Ugh. fully understood in the past five years so it was before she was very much a whatever happened to Mira Sorvino and now it's oh that happened to Mira Sorvino that's so um, frustrating because it, I, like she, I said yeah I really derailed her career yeah and so it was a moment <sighs> of like as long as she was like working with these other men she was fine and then the second she was just like actually no please treat me right that's when she got derailed which is very frustrating um if you hear that but... chainsaw in the background that's me with this situation <laughs> how dare they <laughs> that is not Ugh. your neighbor that is just you Ugh. um but like it's, she's great in this movie so yeah the premise yes. of this movie is Romy and michelle are two best friends they've been best friends in their entire lives they live in venice beach in la um they share a one-bedroom apartment they've got their beds next to each other i just want to say hollywood has no understanding of like the housing market. Their has... apartment is so beautiful. Even if they share a bedroom, their apartment is so beautiful. They're on like the top floor on the beach front. And I'm like, no one in a hall ever understands how expensive homes are. Like there's no way they could afford that. <laughs> I know Michelle's unemployed. Romy works at a car dealership. Oh God. Um, but their apartment is so gorgeous. Their closet yes. space is wonderful. They have a cat. Yeah. They eat, I think, fun dip and gummy bears exclusively. It's my dream yeah. life. Ah, <laughs> uh, that that's the the only one thing I did not like about this film was the ongoing like weight conversation the whole time. Yeah. And like yes. sometimes it was like a joke and sometimes it wasn't, but I'm like thinking back of like nineties and that was kind of like that whole like diet culture and stuff but also was this based in the 90s because i couldn't quite figure out when this was supposed to be set <laughs> it is set in the 90s but the soundtrack okay. is exclusively 80s hits because with so they go as you one might expect they go to their high school reunion and michelle makes them a mixtape of all the songs that were popular when they were in high school so ah, it's okay, set okay. in 97 um but with music exclusively from like 86 87 okay okay um i know like the soundtrack's so good because it was nostalgic then and it's nostalgic now but it's just a curated list of absolute so good the soundtrack is incredible like it starts off so good and just continuously goes on to be so good 
exactly but like jenny said yeah there's a they they eat like just like absolute garbage but you know who amongst us wouldn't because they're eating delicious things um but there is a recurrent plot of Romy being really concerned about her weight and being like I'm so relieved I'm not fat like I was in high school you see her in high school and she looks beautiful and like Jenny said like 90s diet culture and part of it is her journey of being like oh I'm actually pretty great but also like please stop saying that Mira Sorvino's fat because she really isn't she's a size six oh god oh god also, Emma, this this movie is very uh, uh, poign- poignant. I don't know if that's the right word for us. Yes, because we because graduated. This is the tenth anniversary <laughs> of our grad high school graduation. Not together. No, but I know. I was so pleased when I watched that because I kind of I couldn't remember what anniversary it was, and I just thought, oh, this is the perfect time for us to talk about it because Romy and Michelle are twenty eight. And like, oh, geez, has it been 10 years since high school? Also, um, I love both of their accents in this movie. Lisa Kudrow is just basically doing her regular voice, but she also grew up in the Valley. So she's got like a very natural Valley girl accent. And then Mira Sorvino didn't want to do it. And I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, what the hell accent is Mira Sorvino doing? And I love the way she speaks. It's so round and low. Yeah. also, and I then, like how she speaks lower when she's speaking with Michelle, which is such a friend thing to do. Of it's such like, a comfort thing. you talk you talk lower when you're with people you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I remember watching the first time, and then I watched it a couple weeks ago to make sure I wanted this to be my pick. And again, I thought, what is that accent? And then I started watching Mayor of Easttown on HBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's consuming my brain. And I realized that she's inexplicably doing, I was like, maybe she's not, maybe it just sounds like that, but she's doing a Delco accent from like Philadelphia, which is this accent that everyone in the cast of Mayor of Easttown had to master. And I've like read so many articles about all the dialect coaches they had to bring in because it's this very specific accent. Oh. And I thought, oh, maybe she wasn't doing it intentionally. Maybe it was just this voice she made. And then I was reading an interview with the director where he talks about, like, I don't know why Mira did it, but Mira did a Philadelphia accent. They're from Arizona. And so I just <laughs> loved that she was like, I'm going to do a really notoriously difficult accent for absolutely no reason and it's such a good choice it took me a bit like when it first started i was like oh no this is going to take a lot to get to but then as soon as like she started when you cut to the scene of her like at her job then i thought like her voice got more manageable it was just like the first couple like cultural shock of like this is this is a lot what are you doing (laughs) what are you doing I know. So much as I could listen to Kate Winslet say water and phone for the rest of my life, I can also just listen to Mira Sorvino talk. It's so funny. But okay, I guess let's get into the actual movie. We've been talking for like 20 minutes. Um, Yeah, so they're two girls, two best friends, been best friends their whole lives, and they uh, find out that their high school is throwing a 10-year reunion, and they're very, very excited to go back and kind of stick it to the A group of girls who used to bully them. Yeah, And they're filling out the questionnaire of where are you now, which you have to fill out for the reunion. And Romy starts to, Michelle's fine, but Romy starts to panic because she's like, well, what have we actually done in the past 10 years? Yes, As Jenny said, poignant. (laughs) Um, And so it's them prepping and then going to the reunion. 
I probably my favorite part was in the prom when they're just dancing with each other. They're all dressed in Madonna. They're really killing it. And Romy has this huge crush on Billy Christensen, which is also such a pinnacle high school thing when you know everyone's first and last name. And that's how you still reference them. Even when you're older, that's just what you do. Um, Absolutely. And she wants to dance with him, but he is dating Christy Masters. And it's like a whole... Who is such a petty mean girl. Like, such a classic mean girl. Exactly. And so she wants to dance with him. And she has these big eyes and she's so excited. And then he like ditches her and she's so sad. But then her and Michelle just dance together. And it goes so perfectly with the music of them like, well, I'll dance with you. And she's like, okay. And then they go. And then she's like, oh, oh, no. It's so good. Oh, it's so cute. And also, um, what's her name is in it? Uh... Um, Elaine Hendricks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when I first saw her, because I've only seen her in Parent Trap, and I was like, oh, I instantly didn't like her because that's all I've seen her in. But then she has the best arc, and I love her at the end. But, anywho, I like the flashbacks. Those are really fun because you get to really see the friendship. And I'm always a big fan, no matter what type of relationship, if it's a friendship, romantic, or anything like that, it's when you see the history and there's effort and time behind it is just so much more impactful and when there's so much history you can really sense the comfort that the people have together so it was really nice to see them back in the day of just being there for each other and I really like the way they introduce all of the characters so you've like we said we've got the mean girls the a group and the main like the prom king and queen Christy and Billy but you also meet Heather I love Heather Mooney so much. <laughs> Heather Mooney is so great. Heather Mooney is played by Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo, I also miss you. She was a big star in the 90s, and she's still on some things and is like a stand-up comedian. Um, but she's so good in this. And she's the one she's who even tells them that line. it's a reunion. Absolutely. She's just this angry, tiny woman who wears a ton of eyeliner and has bright yellow eyes like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and shows up because she is an inventor who has invented quick burning cigarettes for the gal on the go. Yes. Uh, but she's the one who runs into Romeo work and tells him about the reunion. And so you see her as a flashback and she was madly in love with this huge nerd named Sandy who in turn had a huge crush on Michelle. And so Heather's just so angry because she's like, I wasn't a crush. I was in love with him. Yes. And you just got, you guys ignored him. But it's so funny to like really captures the way of like, when you're a teenager, you're so caught up in your own world that you do not realize truly how your actions impact other people. You're so into yeah. like the things happening to you that you forget that you're doing things also. And it's not me. Like this movie could very easily, I think, be mean to high schoolers or saying like your high school years don't matter or it's only it only matters if you're better than who you were in high school. And it really by the end of it, it really is just that's part of who you were. You can't ignore what happened, but don't be mean to yourself about it, you know? Exactly. And some people do change and some people don't change. And, but you, it's interesting that they show how the whole people don't change, but you see the positives and the negatives of that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Also, again, I know we made a joke. I, I don't know if it's my neighbor or someone, but someone's doing some yard work. So I'm sorry about the buzzing sound that would be continuously throughout this episode. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> It is what it is. It's like you're in the room with us. Yes, 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 um, yes. And yeah, so they concoct this huge plan that they're going to go and 
at first their plan is we've got to lose weight, get good jobs, and get good boyfriends in two weeks. And then they realize that's physically not possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the costumes in this movie so much. Uh, they were designed by someone named Mona May, who also did the costumes for Clueless. So truly her uh, impact on our society knows no bounds. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that shot of them in their platform heels on the treadmill is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that it's that's why I couldn't figure out when this era was because like it looked very 90s but sometimes when we think 90s we often that's actually late 2000 like early 2000s but maybe that's because they were cutting edge that's why it was actually good um but I liked the um when they were doing like kickboxing or something they oh their outfits they were just so ready to go and I I love that that need to be like, hey, no, like we need to be impressive. Like I've been thinking about that, like my school, like with COVID and stuff, you can't really do reunions and stuff. But I've thought of like, how would I react if there was a 10 year anniversary? And it's like, of course people want to be like impressed and I want to be the most successful story and all these things. But it's also like, why do you want these people who ultimately who no I haven't longer spoken have to impact. in 10 years they have no longer have an impact on your life of who you are and that doesn't degrade how they impacted you as a child but it doesn't matter but I also understand the whole like but I want people to be like oh look what Jenny did all these other things so I'm like oh god I know I have to be the best yeah exactly there are so many moments that I could just go over line readings or moments that I love ah. when they're at their prom you see Lisa Kudrow trying to eat a piece of asparagus but she's clearly never had asparagus before and it's just kind of yeah. wiggling it yeah I yeah, love yeah, her yeah. or there or you know, Romy Mirsurkin has like dyed her hair blonde and is just whipping her ponytail around, and hitting <laughs> Michelle in the face with it. And Michelle's like, "Ow, ow! It looks really good, though. Ow, ow!" And it's <laughs> yeah. so funny. And so, like, really, just like every movie we talk about, you should watch, obviously, but especially this one because hearing us talk about these things, they're like, "Oh, that sounds pretty cute." You watch it, and it becomes the funniest thing you've ever seen. Like one of my favorite lines was just when um, Heather Mooney was like. I like a hat, Clarence. <laughs> I don't know why, but it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> also at the prom, it's this whole thing of, you know, Romy deciding to ask Billy if he wants to dance with her. And Michelle says, of course, who wouldn't dance? It's like the last night. Who would say no on the last night of school? And then immediately after that, Sandy comes up to ask her to dance. And she's like, you know, go away. And then Heather goes up to ask him to dance. And he's just like, yeah. what? No. And then an entirely different character comes up and is like, who can list all of the state capitals in alphabetical <laughs> order? And it's so good. Fuck off. I and know. Just, it's like, oh, it's okay. And then Alan, Alan Cumming does start doing it. He's like, Albany. <laughs> oh, straight up. I think that character's name is like, is Toby? Is it Toby? I wrote down I so think many it's people's to- I think it's Toby. It's played Toby. by Cameron Mannheim, uh, who's great. If I was any of these characters in this whole film, like stereotypes, I would be her when I was in high school I was an overachiever I also loved quizzing people (laughs) so I would like I don't know if I've said this on the podcast I like had an iPod that I had a bunch of movie soundtracks that I ripped off of LimeWire and put it on there and I'll just go up to people and be like guess the song <laughs> like no one wanted to play but i was like guess I think what song it's this so is unfair we didn't know each other in high school i know right? <laughs> i think it's i'm so glad we met i wish we'd met sooner because i would yeah. have been so into that i think 
in a much less cool way, I was Heather. Um, because I was very much like, everyone is so horrible to me while also being kind of awful to other people. <laughs> and also we say that like, yeah, 10 years since we graduated high school, we didn't know each other, but we also then met each other 10 years ago, almost because first year university. Oh my God. Right. And then there are some moments in this film that I'm like, I feel like this is just us of like how we talk sometimes. <laughs> I was thinking about it also because... <laughs> Earlier this week, Jenny texted me and was like, by the way, I think you're so cool. And I was like, shut up. You're so cool. And we just talked about how cool we are. And then I rewatched this movie again yesterday. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's true, man. Like, uh, and like, we've known each other for 10 years. We've like, the, if there was like a flashback of like us, like the first year we've met or like going flashback through our friendship, it would be quite similar to this and like one of the things that reminded me a lot about it is like even the first scene when they go to a club and like we didn't go clubbing very often we met maybe we're a couple not of times. club people <laughs> no but straight up the whole like there's a whole dance thing going on and it's just us like ums, ums, just like dancing together like in our own little world like yes no one talk to me i love that the bartender also is so excited to see them because they apparently go to these clubs every night and he knows their order and their order is just diet coke with extra cherries Yes. Like, they're not even going out drinking. They're just going out because they love going dancing together. And the bartender's so excited to see them. And, like, everyone around them is just so won over by these girls' optimism. They're not... They're not geniuses, but they're not stupid either. They they yeah. they know what who they are until they don't, which is the plot of the movie. Yes. Um, yes. And I thought... There was one part of the film that I got really confused. And I was like, oh, no, it's derailed a bit. But then they got it back is when all of a sudden it became like a dream sequence, but they don't tell you it's a dream yet. So when it was happening- Before we get into the dream sequence, can we get into why they have a fight in the first place? Because it's so good. Okay. I love how Romy says (laughs) post-its. Post-its. And so they get into argument because they want to show, they're like, oh, we we just have to dress like we're fancy business women. That's great. And then they're like- what if someone asks us what we like we do? They're like, oh no, we should come up with something. So Romy's like, oh, we can come up with the idea that we created post-its. And I came up with this idea that I want to like without a paperclip and all these things. And then like, oh, and then Michelle, you can have like a rich like uncle who pays for it. And she's like, why can't I help invent? Oh, you can design it. It's like, but what about me? It's like, oh well, people know you're not like the smartest person. They're like, oh. What? And I love this fight because this is exactly what people who have been friends for a long time fight about because you're just going along your day and you think everything's fine and then one person says something and it's never like, it's very rarely like an out and out starting out as an emotional fight. It'll just be this comment and you're like, excuse me? And it's so, it's like Romy's very mean when she says you're not the inventing type but what she also says is I think it's more believable if you're the designer which is true because Michelle is a clothes designer but Romy doesn't say it as a compliment no no it's the way she said it it's not exactly what she said and so they create this whole lie about how they've invented post-its it's really determined to get this accent down once again the cadre of Emma adopting characters speech patterns poorly um Oh boy. Yeah. And then they become this huge fight over who's cuter, who's smarter, and they just get so mad and they show up at the reunion. And the first thing I noticed was 
hey, her hair looks different. But I was like, that was a weird cut. Like they messed up. But I was like, okay, but I'll go with it. And then also all the people were dressed weirdly. I was like, they're kind of like, that's why I was confused what era it was. And then you realize it's a dream. So like Michelle's just visioning them of what they wore the last time she saw them, which is prom. So that's why they all are wearing like the same colors of when she last saw them. And it's, they, she has all these like, Mem- like goes up to the A-team and tries to say what's going on. And she just whips out this like, formula for glue and she's like love that too michelle's like actually i invented the glue on post-its which is a good line michelle yes and then um sandy frank shows up who's played by alan cummings (laughs) oh man okay i actually have a good anecdote too about alan cummings because he had been in some british tv shows and like had some british success but this is one of the first things he did in the u.s and so he was like trying to go for this part and because this movie wasn't huge or big budget but it did have some attention because of lisa kudrow and mira sorvino and Mm. his agent was like they're gonna go for like like a, a typical like up and coming you know young boy starlet Alan Cummings was like no 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 I really want to do this part because the way one of the things he saw about it is he was like I'm the girl character like normally in movies the girls are the ones who are just there to be like wow you're so great you're so smart you're so funny and he was like that's that's me in this movie I just get to yes. tell Lisa Kudrow how awesome she is and yeah. he just was like fought for this part had such a good time with it and like the day after they finished filming, everyone went out. Like I think I don't know if this was like after the rap party, but they all decided to go to IHOP for breakfast. And he'd never been to IHOP before. Got there, and he was expecting something fancy because all he knew was that it stood for the International House of Pancakes. And he got oh, there and was like, "What is international about this?" Oh no! <laughs> um, and how this movie was just such a, a learning like crash course for him he like he was like in the uk we don't have high school reunions i didn't even know how to pronounce tucson <laughs> yeah yeah oh and he, and yeah, so, he hits michelle with his limo <laughs> oh my god and she just keeps a rolling <laughs> and totally airborne and like so he meet they's like oh i'm so sorry coming to my limo and like he has a new face and at first i was like is this bad cgi and then i noticed <laughs> it's just prosthetics <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I made a lot of money. And uh, my first thing I bought was a new face. She's like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's a great one. Yeah. And then so as it's happening, then Romy is um, being reunited with Billy Christensen and is saying all these things about post-its. And he's like, wow, you're amazing. And like wants to be with her. And it's very, the moment I realized things were off completely, it wasn't just in my mind, is when... They're like, oh, the votes. And then they fly out of the sunroof. <laughs> and I was like, at first I was like, oh, this kind of changed to like a different vibe. It's not realistic anymore. Because it's a dream. <laughs> it's a dream. This movie just drops like a huge chunk of this, like 20 minutes of this not very long movie is this extended yeah. dream sequence. of, And so, yeah, they go flying out of the limo. Lisa Kudrow's not wearing a shirt anymore. She's like, yeah. where's my shirt? Yeah. Um, and they win like the most like successful or something most they, change for the better yeah and it's a tie but then but they're not together and so they're separate because they had an argument and then they flash forward to 70 years later and um 
it's all like they're super old and she's like oh i need to like oh there's this line when it's like have you not been happy with me she's like oh no i have i just have been lonely and i know what to talk to <laughs> like oh which okay. like, speaks to what a michelle sandy marriage would actually be like <laughs> yeah yeah there's nothing there okay i don't understand the reference between mary and Rhonda. okay so the mary tyler moore show is a very very popular sitcom and Mary's uh, best friend in that is Rhoda. So it's, I'm Mary Tyler Moore, the, like, cute gal of the ghost, star of the 60s and 70s. And you're Rhoda, also cute, but the best friend. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Because they have this argument in their deathbed. It's like, I'm the Rhoda! <laughs> and it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it just becomes this whole nightmare for Michelle of what happens if they don't become friends. And so then... She wakes up. Romy's left her in the car. Romy's in the in the reunion. And Michelle wakes up and she is now no longer intent on proving how successful she is. She just wants to go back to being friends. Yeah. And then the real reunion is actually a very small part of this movie once you get past, you know, the build up to it and the dream sequence. And the reunion's so sad because they tell their lie to four people and it goes so wrong so quickly yeah yeah and like they realize what's happening and then it's also just like christy masters is just a stone cold bitch (laughs) (laughs) but the thing like i can't think of anyone like that in my high school like i don't think there are people like that like but they're all the same and this is what i mean by like the difference between change like staying the same for the good versus for the bad like the a team stayed the same and they're still horrible human beings and then you look at like Romy and michelle and they haven't changed but like they're authentic to themselves and they're not harming anyone really mm-hmm. which is fine exactly but very noticeably there's one girl from the a group that's no longer part of the a group and it's Elaine Hendricks, as we mentioned, of evil stepmother from the Parent Trap fame, walks in wearing this absolutely gorgeous white suit, cropped hair. Icon. Looks so good. Like, all the costumes are so good. She looks amazing. She looks so chic. You get, like, a little bit of a hint that she's a bit different than the rest of the A-team, because she used to be a part of the A-team, and a flashback when they're, like, making fun of their outfits, she goes, like, oh, actually, no, I think they're, like, semi They made them themselves. Yeah, and they're, like, what? It's like, oh, never mind. And so all of a sudden, now she comes with this glam outfit on, and she's now, uh, like, assistant editor for Vogue or something like that. Which is so great. And I love when Romy runs into her, too, because Romy runs into her, but Romy's still in her business, I'm a fake business lady mode. I'm going to tell everyone I invented post-its. So she sees this girl who was really mean to her, but they start talking, and when Lisa Luter mentions, you know, I'm an editor for Vogue, Romy gets so excited, because she's like, oh my god, I have all, I keep all the Vogue issues. I love Vogue. But because Romy's not being herself, Lisa Luter's like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. You look super boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And oh. it goes horribly wrong, and they... Um, I was say know. Heather shows up. So Heather, Janine Garofalo's character, was before very intent on not showing up because she hates everyone from high school until she finds out that Sandy Frank is still single. And so she comes like stomping into the reunion and Romy and Michelle aren't even together but are both like, oh shit, because she's the only person in the room who knows what their lives are actually like because she's seen them earlier in the movie. And 
I just love like the ominous music. Like they start doing full on Jaws strings the second she enters <laughs> the room and she blows their cover immediately because of course she's an inventor and she knows who actually invented post-its. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I invented it. like, no, you didn't. It's, like, it's yeah, so yeah, devastating. Really. Oh. Then also like Christy Mads- Madison, Mads? why am I so, Masters, my God. Um, goes up on stage and like tells everyone that they did it too. It's like, oh, and they pretended that they did this. <laughs> I'm like, what? Everyone is laughing at them. This movie also almost had a connection to a recurring theme we have in this podcast and that Will Ferrell was supposed to be in this movie. What? Um, but they ended up cutting his scene. He was going to have a cameo. I think he was even still on SNL at this point, but was like getting to be pretty well known and was supposed to have a cameo where he's a waiter at the reunion and Romy has bought a cell phone and she's really excited that she's bought a cell phone. So she wants, she gets this waiter to come in and say, and like call her on her phone so she can call and pretend to be like, Oh, I'm a really important businesswoman. But then he calls her after her lies revealed. And before she's made up with Michelle. So she's just on the phone crying and he's hiding behind a pillar trying to be like, you have a really important call. And then they made this movie and we're like, we can't put this scene in we've worked so hard to make you care about Romy and her feelings. And it feels so mean to watch just another bad thing happen to her. I agree. And also now makes more sense why they, she ran these like, look, I got a flip phone. I was like, and that never came up again. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> this never was relevant again. But like the, but anyways, but then they make up and I really, and Michelle comes to her rescue and just tells, I, like Romy gets her big speech against the bullies, but, Michelle gets her own speech, which is just, shut up. <laughs> yes. And I love it. What the hell is your problem, Christy? Why are you always such a nasty bitch? You get some kind of sick pleasure from torturing other people? I mean, yeah, okay. So Michelle and I did make up some lame story. We only did it because we wanted you to treat us like human beings. But you know what I finally realized? I don't care if you like us, because we don't like you. You're a bad person with an ugly heart, and we don't give a flying fuck what you think. Them coming to each other's rescue and is like, no, we're here, we're gonna have fun, we're awesome. And the thesis of this movie is like, Michelle saying, I didn't know we weren't cool in high school until you told me we weren't cool in high school. I loved hanging out with you, and it just breaks my heart. I know. And it's the same when she's like, I didn't think our life as well right now is horrible until you told me. And that's the thing. It's like, you can have these ideas and expectations of what you want your life to be. But then also, if you're living your life and you're yourself, then you're living your life correctly. Yes. And so they bust back into the reunion and it's just so joyful. They literally just throw their business lady heels into a bush somewhere and pull out their platforms and this like rubber plastic dress. And they look so good. Yes. And then they be like, well, like you're horrible. La la la. Like we don't care what you think anymore. And they walk away and he's like, well, at least you, you, you guys look ugly. And then, um, Lisa is like, oh, actually, no, I think, like, their lines are great, and, like, this is very cool, and they're like... And you just hear someone in the background? Well, she would know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a dance sequence, which is fun. Yes! Okay, <laughs> I love the dance sequence. We talked about the soundtrack already. The soundtrack for this movie rocks. Um, 
And I think a huge part of their budget just went to licensing the songs, including Time After Time, because Sandy Frank shows up having become a freaking billionaire. Hilariously, Heather Mooney, so in love with him, sees him and is like, oh, ew, that's what you look like? Nah. <laughs> and just walks away. Is so <laughs> yeah. done with it. Um, and he is still absolutely smitten with Michelle and thinks she is the smartest, coolest person. And he asks her to dance, but she'll only dance if Romy can dance too. And he just rolls with it. So respect to Sandy Frank. <laughs> yes. And like, I, all I could think of was the Spice Girls song. If you want to be, be my love, you gotta get with my friends. This is very much like only also, did you know it's the same song at the song that she, at the prom. So it was oh the song God, that she is. wasn't allowed to dance to. And so that's why she's like, Romy has to dance because she wasn't like, she got stood up to that song before. And so it's like, together i know and their dance is so beautiful it's so funny i feel like a lot of what i've been talking about has been production stories but i found so many fun ones for this where basically they went to a choreographer and lisa kudra was like heads up i can't really dance and the choreographer was like don't worry about it and then thought and was like oh you can't dance (laughs) but i'm great at posing and so when you watch it with this in mind she doesn't do a ton of moves she really does just do dramatic like tableaus while the other two dance around her it's so good um it's so good and uh this movie didn't do super well at the box office it did get a really good review from roger ebert who was you know an iconic critic and his note for this his, his closing line is there's a dance scene in this movie and then the direct quote is i can't believe how cute they look and that's the last line of his review i can't believe how cute they look (laughs) oh yeah it was so fun like i i thought this movie was going to be a movie about like two mean girls and i was like ah but it is actually a movie about two friends that are in their own little world realize hey are on the outside this may look strange try to change it and then be like no, screw that. We are great as we are. And we don't need to have the validation of people we knew 10 years ago. We are going to live our lives and be authentically me. And I'm all for that. And every time they stand up for themselves, the camera does like a great zoom in on their face. Yes. I love it. And it's, but they also have those moments where they talk to Heather and kind of apologize to Heather for not realizing they are making her life miserable. And Heather apologizes to the yearbook girl, who is Jenny Sandin, uh, <laughs> apologizes to being mean to her. And it's so good. <gasps> Can we talk about the cowboy really quickly? Yes. Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> and okay. So do you notice that when he, she like confronted him, he began to stutter again? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, so okay. There's this ongoing thing when um, Heather keeps going behind, like the dumpster or behind the wall to smoke, and she keeps losing a light. And this cowboy keeps like flicking her like the like the butt of his as like a light, and she he never talks. And she's like, "You're such an asshole." All these things keeps happening over and over again. And then they go to this reunion, and he's there, and he gives an actual light. And he's, she's like, "Oh my god, it's you again! How dare you!" And he's like, "Sorry, I was a jerk. I was just very nervous, and I had a stutter, and I didn't talk." And she's like, "Okay." He's like, "Do you want to talk?" She's like, "I will. Sc- how dare you? I will mess you up if this is a game." And he's like, "No, I just want to talk." And he's like, "Oh." <laughs> Oh, okay, sure. Like, let's go. It's like, what's your name? Clarence? I like a hat, Clarence. <laughs> and just, and like, they just wander off. And also just like, the end of this movie ends with them leaving in a helicopter because why the hell not? And I love the pan over and it's just Heather and the cowboy making up furiously in a field. <laughs> My last production story, actually, that I accidentally watched. Sometimes I'll just like watch like 
roundtables when I'm at work and just doing administrative stuff. And so I had a roundtable from Vanity Fair on and Justin Theroux, who plays the cowboy, was on it. And he told this story. It's just, do you, have you seen him in anything else? He looks familiar. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin Theroux, for diminishing your career. He also used to be married to Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Which I feel like is one of the oh. people know him. But he's, he's, like, he's in The Leftovers. He's, he's been in a lot of different things over the years. I think he's actually become more popular, frankly, in the past five years than in his entire career preceding that. But he was saying, I don't even know where he's from originally, but he was saying, you know, he wanted to be an actor. He was auditioning, but wasn't even in L- Like, didn't even live in LA. LA, LA <laughs> didn't even live in LA yet when he booked this part. Yeah. Um, and he's in two scenes. He's in three minutes of this movie. But all of his scenes are with Janine Garofalo, who at the time was this huge star in a ton of movies, on TV shows, super popular stand-up comic. So they had to really work around her schedule for all of her scenes. So he got, he was getting flown out to L.A., and they were flying him out first class. And he's like, I was such a broke actor at that point. I literally went to the desk and was like, my work is flying me out first class. Can I just fly coach? And can you give me the money for the difference? Oh. And they were like, what? No, we can't do that, sir. <laughs> but he talks so positively about this experience of being super intimidated by her because she was so famous at this point. And then she was just so nice and funny. And he had such a good time. And he's only in scenes. But he ended up ordinarily it would be like a day two days of shooting but because of her schedule he was on set and on location for pretty much the entire shoot like for months and they just put him up in a hotel and he was like it was the strangest introduction to my first movie ever because I literally just lived in a nice hotel for a couple months and was like hey guys I'm here not doing anything I'm also I'm here, here. <laughs> um but just that, like everyone was so nice and fun to work with and it makes me so happy that everyone on this movie even people who were in three minutes of it had a really good time Yay! That's nice. So that's where we have Michelle's high school reunion. Do you have any any other thoughts about you know what you like this? Will you will you tell other people about this movie? I think I will. I feel like I need to like sit down with people to watch this movie so I can like be like, no way, it's it's gonna be great because like when I, like you don't understand this is like so wholesome and funny and endearing and you need to watch it. So like. There's some people I know that won't get past, like, the accents and, like, the, like, um, naivety of, like, the characters in a way. But there's some people that'll be like, no, it's actually really fun and it's cute and you'll get invested. So definitely watch it. It's so good. And the movie ends, too, with them, like, I don't think Michelle and Sandra are even dating, but he still thinks he's so neat. He's given them a huge business loan. So it also ends with them starting their own store and just having yeah. a really good time. And they become really good friends with Heather. And I love that, too, the idea that, like, you can re-meet people in your life and it'll be the right time this time. Yeah, exactly. It's such a good time. This movie's so great. Please just go watch it. It's such a joy. Also... <laughs> um michelle's or romy's dress for the reunion has the star trek logo on it and i thought oh that's funny that looks like the star trek logo apparently mira sorvino's just a huge star trek fan and was like oh no i've made the decision romy's also a huge star trek fan so it should have the logo i was wondering why it looked familiar <laughs> it's so great <laughs> i'm so happy for all of this cast too obviously like lisa kudrow is still a huge star and alan cumming is in everything 
But I think, like, for a lot of the cast, like, even Elaine Hendricks, who plays Lisa, like, you know her from The Parent Trap, and then also from this. And I just think, like, if I was an actor and I had to be known for only one movie, this would be a really good one. Yeah. I have an activity for you, um, but first, I, I asked her to prepare, dear listeners, I asked you to prepare one thing. I have asked you to prepare the names of four people, real or fictional, just not people we know in real life. Yes. So you want me can, to you, name- can you give me the, the names of those four people? Okay. I had to put one person from BTS in it. Awesome. So, so RM from BTS. Ooh, okay. Magnus Burnsides. <laughs> Love this very much. Haley Atwell. Okay. And Troy Savon. <laughs> nice. Okay. I don't know this why is, these are the four that came this to is mind. A, this is a great list. Okay. As Jenny okay. mentioned, we both graduated high school in the year 2011. It's now 2021. So we're, I think, lucky or not. I don't even know what I would say if I went to a high school reunion now. I'd be like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even know what I'd say. So I don't know what you'd say either. I'm going to help you plan. For your high school reunion. Okay. And we're gonna play MASH. <gasps> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So okay. yeah, if so if you I think you're very accomplished and smart and cool and you've just you're the best. But if you were like, guess what, people from my high school, you don't deserve to any know anything real about me. I'm gonna construct a la Romy and Michelle, uh, some intricate lies. This is gonna help Ooh. you plan. So I was also just thinking about MASH because I was thinking about um you know how when you're a certain age, you learn how to draw a graffiti S? Mm-hmm. I was writing, I was doing a graffiti S on my calendar because I was putting in important dates on my calendar <laughs> and I was writing where the start with S and I was like, oh man, I remember my friend from grade four who taught me how to do this S and she was also the one who taught me how to play MASH and I haven't spoken to her in 10 years. Hope you're doing well, hon. Um, so <laughs> the way MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, house and it helps yeah. you plan your life. So we're going to find out where Jenny lives how many kids she has. I went to a number generator before we started recording. So your options are seven, two, one, or four. Okay. Um, what job you had, inspired by Romy and Michelle, I picked jobs from Romy and Michelle. So you could, you're either going to be a cowboy, an inventor, a fashion designer, or a dancer. Oh, I'm so excited. And then you're going to marry either RM, Magnus oh. Burnside, <laughs> Haley Atwell, or Tristan. <laughs> There's going to be some really interesting vibes there. <laughs> completely different vibes <laughs> um so but i'd be happy do, with any of them okay. so the way you do this is i'm gonna draw a spiral and yeah. tell me when to stop okay stop okay one two three four five six seven okay so seven so i guess this is a really great audio so we're gonna count i, I okay. don't know i'm explaining the rules of match we're gonna count around the circle and we're gonna keep going until there's only one option from each category left so we'll start now okay one two three four five six seven you're not gonna have four kids one okay. two three four five six seven i'm sorry you're not marrying magnus burnsides but that's okay because we all know he'll never love again exactly um, one two, i mean that's three, okay four, for no one who knows six, who that seven. is that seems so ominous but <laughs> <laughs> you're not having two children 
One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're also not marrying Haley Atwell. So your two options now are RM or Troy Sivan. (laughs) I'm marrying a musician, guys. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, Jenny. Uh, The first category of narrowed down is how many kids you're going to have. It's seven. It's seven. You're having seven (laughs) children. <laughs> Better get started. Better get cracking. Oh my goodness. One, okay. two, three, four, five, six. You're also not living in a mansion. Two, three, four, five. You're not going to be a dancer. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry that's to hear fine. that. It's okay. You can still dance recreationally. Yeah. Inventor is out. Okay. We have, okay. So there were two job options left cowboy or fashion designer. Guess yeah. which one's left? I'm a cowboy. No, you're a fashion designer, which I think is very fun. I would absolutely yeah. wear Jenny swag, Jenny style. Thank you. Jenny cash. Jenny cash. Jenny cash. Cozy Hawaiian shirts, function, yes. fashion, dangly earrings, bucket hats. Yes. You're working it. Hell yeah. Thank you. <laughs> What's up, face? Here, let's look at them fully. I'm crossing out the last person on the marriage list. Okay. Guess who you're marrying. I hope. Uh, who, I don't know. Who am I marrying? You will be marrying Troy Savon. Oh, Troy Savon. <laughs> so it will be a lavender marriage. <laughs> but I hope that you'll be very happy together. That's okay. We will still be happy. I do have great news for you, though. What? Because your options for house were either apartment, shack, or house. And that apartment got crossed out. And I was like, I don't want to send Jenny to live in a shack. <laughs> but I have good news. Okay, okay, so after our round of mash, Jenny, you are yes. going to live in a house. Okay. With seven children. So okay. It's gonna, you're going to have property. It's going to be a big yeah. home. Yeah. Um, you're going to be a fashion designer, which I bet is how you met your husband, Troy Savon. Yes! <laughs> oh, wow! Not in my wildest dreams <laughs> could I think of this. So this look out, me. Jenny's high school. There is someone who's about to be crowned reunion queen. Yay! Oh my god, I love MASH. I haven't thought of MASH in I forever. Love Mash. Also, stream Charlie Savon's new song. It came out. Anywho, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, go watch Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion and then plan what you're going to say for your 10th, 5th, 15th, 40th reunion, whatever you've got coming up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh my god, I forgot. I'm supposed to say things. <laughs> you looked at me like, Ed. I'm like, uh. <laughs> uh so thank you so much for li- okay i've gone serious thank you so much for listening um you can follow us on twitter at hi-ho podcast or tumblr at hi-ho podcast.tumblr.com that's h-y-h-o podcast you can also email us at hi-ho podcast at gmail.com are you sensing your recurring theme and also please remember to rate review subscribe on apple podcast spotify or your podcatcher of choice because i think that would be pretty neat that would be pretty neat. And also what's neat is to remember to like what you like because your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine, which I think is a statement that Romeo and Michelle would agree with. <laughs> Hell yeah. 